You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Tax Wrap podcast, um, episode 155. I'm Steve Burnham, back with David Ebden. Hello, listeners. It's Hello, been, Steve. A, been a quick week. Um, now, we had last week a, a special guest, Mark Pizzacala from BDO and the Board of Taxation, and Mark agreed, has agreed to come back this week. So thanks for doing that, Mark. Thanks, Steve. Happy to have to travel Today. too far. Not too far. Um, we, now, mm. let's, you wanted to, you were going to talk about private company loans in Division 7A, um, which comes up every now and then. And um, first of all, just to clarify more for me than uh, anyone out listening out there, I, I'd imagine, but uh, can you just describe Division 7A? What's it all about? Sure. Well, in short, Division 7A is, is a provision in the tax legislation that's been there since um, 1997. Um, and it's a section of the legislation that contains, if you like, an anti-avoidance provision. And these provisions are aimed at preventing private company owners and their associates from avoiding tax on dividends by trying to access company profits in another form other than dividends. Okay, could you clarify what the other forms are? Sure. So the other forms uh, include, but not limited to, things like uh, an advance of a loan, advances of cash, a gift or the writing off of a debt that was otherwise um, receivable from the shareholder or owner of the business. So when is a payment deemed to be a dividend? So generally all payments made by a private company to a shareholder are, are treated as, as dividends uh, at the end of the company's uh, year of income, provided there is what we call a sufficient distributable surplus in the company. Okay. For instance, when is a payment not a dividend? So some payments are not a dividend when they're made by a private company um, to a shareholder or their associate. So examples of, of items which are not a dividend would include a repayment of a genuine debt owed to a shareholder or its associate by the company, a payment to another company uh, by this company, right. a payment that's otherwise accessible under another provision of the, of the Tax Act, a payment made to a shareholder or their associate uh, in their capacity as an employee, where it might be, you know, salary oh, right. wages, etc. Yep. Also, liquidators distributions are not included uh, under that category either. Okay, so something that I've um, figured out from listening to uh, some of our members' queries is that they don't actually understand who Division 7A applies to. Could you just clarify who it actually applies to? Sure. Well, Division 7A applies to... It's applied in relation to private companies. All loans, advances and other credits made by private companies to shareholders and their associates. Um, so it's highly relevant, if you like, if you're operating in the SME sector, highly relevant if you're opera- operating a private business and that's being operated via a company. Right. So and on, the sorry. reason, I was just going to say, uh, Steve, the reason um, uh, it's important is because, you know, quite often family businesses in particular um, owners of family businesses fail to understand that you know when you set up a structure those structures are separate and independent to yourself as an individual oh, yeah. but family businesses look at structures whether it's they might have a structure that involves companies and trusts and they consider it all to be them yeah, as individuals yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to understanding that while well, a company is a separate entity a trust is a separate entity they things they do need to be viewed in isolation as as, and rules that apply to those entities, yeah, yeah. rather than um, looking at it from a economic group concept, which is what family owners do. That's I said, it's me and my business, so therefore it's all me kind of thing. I Correct. Can, yeah, you can understand how they would think that. You can understand mm. that. So, so in what circumstances would we find Div- Division 7A applying? 
So it can apply in quite a number of circumstances. Just to mention a few, amounts paid by a company to a shareholder, um, including transfers of property for less than the amount that would have been paid in an arm's length transaction. Amounts lent by a company to a shareholder, which is not repaid in full uh, by the time the return is due. And also debts forgiven, which were owed by the shareholder, uh, but the company forgives those debts. So just with these um, loans, um, when are loans treated as dividends? So where a private company makes a loan to a shareholder uh, or their associate and the loan is not fully repaid by the end of you know that income year, the loan may be treated as a dividend, again assuming there's a sufficient distributable surplus. Right. Okay, so when are loans not treated as dividends then? So examples where they may not be treated as dividends include pre-4 December 1997 loans, um, a loan fully repaid in the same year, a loan to a company, uh, but one not acting as a trustee, a loan made in the ordinary course of uh, a business under commercial terms. They're just some examples that okay. fall under that, uh, that category. So Mark, is there, is there any way of avoiding Division 7A? Well, I don't know that avoiding is the right term, Steve, but oh, right. we might no. say minimising, yep. I guess, but, but certainly um, certainly there, there is some limited ex- exemptions and um, exceptions, I should say. And one example is if, um, is if there are payments made between two companies, so company-to-company type transactions are ignored. Yep. Um, another example is where there might be a Division 7A deemed dividend, but it might be capped to the distributable surplus of the company. Distributable surplus. You've, you've mentioned actually... Um those words a couple of times. What exactly is a distributable surplus and and how does that have an impact on the um, amount of Division 7A deemed dividends? Sure. Well, a distributable surplus is the total of all deemed dividends that, are, that a private company has taken to pay under Division 7A being limited to the distributable surplus of, of that income year. So, for instance, if there is a deemed dividend of, you know, a few, uh, let's say $100,000, but the company's distributable surplus is less than that, then the amount of the deemed dividend would be reduced to the lower number. And I, sh- and I should say that if the distributable surplus is nil, then then, then no Division 7A matter arises. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. So is there any other way to avoid Division 7A? What taxpayers should do if they do have a Division 7A issue is, as you say, to enter into a complying Division 7A loan agreement, which basically, well, it essentially puts the loan on more of a arm's length time uh, type focus, um, whereby the company um, and the taxpayer enter into a loan <clears throat> and agree to make commercial repayments oh, uh, under the, under specific requirements under Division 7A. Yeah. Is that a specific agreement? I mean, that's a, a particular agreement that they need to draw up? It's, like, it's almost like any other loan agreement, but there are specifics involved to, in order to make it be eligible to be a Division 7A loan agreement, okay. and so you would need to look to the Division 7A rules and make sure they're satisfied. Right. So, um, well, let's say Division 7A is triggered. What are the consequences? Well, where it is triggered, triggered the, the recipient um, shareholder is deemed to have received a dividend equal to the amount of the payment, the loan, or, or the forgiveness, um, assuming there's no Division 7A loan agreement in place. Right. With uh, Division 7A, what, what mistakes have you found seem to be quite common. So there's a number of, of common mistakes, but obviously not repaying a company loan where a loan has been made to a shareholder and um, not entering into a Division 7A loan agreement, that's, that's a clear issue. Um, secondly, when a taxpayer signs a 25-year complying Division 7A loan agreement on the date 
on or before the date the company lodges its return, but forgets that the loan agreement requires a reg registered mortgage over the property, which is one of the requirements of Division 7A. That's another issue, so, uh, and, and, and an error which is quite common. It's, it's a, Division 7A sounds pretty complicated. It's, um, well, to my, more, to more than not just my mind, it's just, it really is, sounds complicated. Is there any sign of that changing, of improving? Look, you're right, they are reasonably uh, complex, I've got to say, but, but as you may know, under the budget measures of 2016-17, the government um, has made targeted amendments to improve the operation and administration of yep. Division 7A. So these changes are intended to provide clearer rules for taxpayers and um, assist in the compliance burden that we've been talking about. So pursuant to the budget papers, um, it indicates that uh, these improvements will include a self-correction mechanism for inadvertent breaches of Division 7A. Oh, right. There's going to be some safe harbour rules to provide greater certainty. Um, there's going to be simplified Division 7A loan arrangements and also a number of other technical adjustments. Um, and importantly, these changes draw on, uh, in accordance with uh, the budget papers, they do indicate that the changes draw on a number of recommendations made from the Board of Tax in terms of its post-implementation review of Division 7A. I see. They're intended to apply from 1 July 2018. Oh, OK. So it's coming? Correct. Yep. OK. Well, that's good. It'll be good to see all that. We hopefully get you back then to uh, go through no. all the new rules, if that's, if that's OK. Not, not a problem. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Um, once again, thank you, Mark, for coming all this way to talk to me and David and to the greater uh, tax and super audience. Please come back next week. Thanks. Thanks.